All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. This is New Tech City, the show about how technology is changing the way we live. I'm your host, Manoush Zamarodi, and this week, a cautionary tale. It's about online shopping, the fine print, and the drastic measures businesses feel they need to take, some businesses anyway, to protect their reputations. One customer reported getting a demand for several hundred dollars simply for contacting the company. We're shifting to a reputation economy where a few bad comments can break an honest business. But on the other hand, also stymie a scammer. One of the rights is the right to to free speech and the right to speak anonymously. The other right is the right to protect your reputation. We've got an extreme case of one failed method of protecting a reputation. Trust me, we'd all like to avoid what happened to this woman after she left an online review. So we went the next three weeks without heat. Next week, we'll talk about what happens when companies rate you. This week, come along for the story of Jen Palmer and her scathing $3,500 comment, plus the carpet cleaner who had enough with Yelp. It's New Tech City. Okay, so New Tech City producer Alex Goldmark is here with me. Hello, Alex. Hi, Manoush. Alex, you are the one who found Jen Palmer, and our story starts with her. So let's get to know Jen Palmer. Okay, so... Jen is an executive assistant in the Salt Lake City area, and a few years ago, she took a few minutes to write a review of an online business. I've never regretted leaving that review. I probably would have left exactly the same review, even you know, even knowing what was going to happen later. Ominous, right? It was Christmas time in 2008, and Jen's husband, John, was browsing online for a little present. Nothing fancy. I think originally... What he was trying to get me was one of those little um, perpetual motion desk toys like the dolphin jumping through the hoop or the, you know, the acrobats going back and forth and a little smiley face bendy keychain. I mean, we're we're literally talking about less than $20 worth of stuff. Okay, wait, Alex, I have to ask a little smiley face bendy keychain. Why are they buying stuff like this. Come on. Not to be judgmental. They have a a Christmas tradition where they say they don't buy big gifts for each other. They buy little small expressions. I actually kind of like the way she described it to me. We're really big into just little trinkets, little desk toys. We've never really been big on the huge gifts. Okay. That's very nice. But in the end, right, they never showed up is what happened. And so they matter a lot more than the $20 worth that John would have paid for them. At first, they only matter on principle. I started emailing. I started calling. Could never get anybody on the phone. You're hearing her dog in the background. Um, So she wanted a refund for the little tchotchkes. Thank you for calling. Cleargear.com. 
a customer representative, is unavailable by phone at this time. The company is called ClearGear. I tried to reach them a few different times and on a few different numbers. I clicked help on that website too, and no response. It was the same for Jen Palmer back when she was trying to get her refund. I managed to get to the point where it said, if you want to use our dial-by-name directory, hit star. So I hit star. I think I tried Smith, I tried Jones, Johnson. I just wanted a human being. Even if it was the executive vice president of nuts, bolts, and widgets, I just wanted somebody that was going to be a human being on the other end of the phone. And nothing worked. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm writing a review on these people because this is just ridiculous. Her review on a consumer website was scathing. She admits it. Actually, she writes, I have it here, Alex, that the excuses they got regarding the unfulfilled order were, quote, at best, completely irresponsible and unacceptable. At worst, pure fabrication and a thinly veiled attempt to cover your own ineptitude. Yes, I, I would say that qualifies as scathing. The woman can write, right? <laughs> she signs her review, Jen from Bountiful, Utah. And nobody, not even Cleargear, has said that the facts of her complaint are false. So it was a total surprise when years later, Jen's husband gets an email from the company with an ultimatum. It was uh, somebody claiming to be their legal counsel. They said, this is on you to take it down. And if you don't take it down within 72 hours, we're going to fine you $3,500. The Palmers were defiant. Instead of paying up, though, they hunkered down. John Palmer signed up for a credit monitoring service just in case Cleargear followed through on the threat. And then, sure enough, 90 days later, there it was, an alert. Cleargear had treated the fine as an unpaid bill, and John's credit ends up being trashed. As soon as that happened, we both hit the roof. My husband has worked so hard to keep his credit good and to build it up in the right way and to have somebody just trash it that hard and that fast this was totally unexpected. The bad credit report nagged at the couple for years. It scuttled a home repair loan. It made buying a car an extra hassle and cost more money and a higher interest rate. It, it, it just doesn't go away for a long time. We're stuck with a 16% interest rate on an $8,000 12-year-old car, and it's all because of Cleargear. The way this tends to work for the average consumer is they will sign terms of use online without reading them, as we all do. And it's only when they come to post a critical comment that things start to turn out differently than the average consumer would expect. That's the lawyer on the case now. My name is Scott Michaelman. I'm an attorney with Public Citizen, and I'm counsel for the Palmers. What happened was this. The website claimed that by buying something from their online store, John Palmer had agreed to terms of service that said he could not disparage the company anywhere, not even on other sites. And in the Cleargear case, the Palmers say it's all especially crazy because there wasn't even a non-disparagement clause in the terms of service at the time that they tried to buy that smiley face keychain. It was added in later, but that's not even the point. The big issue is, can a company... Do something to force you to not leave a negative comment. Just by contacting a consumer and telling him or her, you must take your criticism down, the company has succeeded in intimidating the consumer and possibly deterring other consumers from posting criticism of that company. It stifles speech, basically. And many customers won't be as, I mean, I have to say it, she's brave. They won't be like Jen yeah. Palmer and stand up for the right to review. Yeah, she had to do a lot to defend that online comment, right? She had to petition the credit bureaus. She appealed loan decisions and eventually go to court. 
and that it sounds like a total hassle to go through because of one online review about a keychain and a desktop dolphin doohickey. We have to say, this is an incredible case. Yeah, it's not normal. Clearly, most bad comments don't lead to damaged credit in lawsuits. But companies are experimenting with ways to stop bad comments from ruining their business. And, you know, it often comes down to a clause in the terms of service agreement that the consumer just doesn't read. We've seen other variations on that. For instance, one customer reported getting a demand for several hundred dollars simply for contacting the company. And when she responded to the company that they couldn't charge her for contacting them to complain, they doubled it. Woo! That's some nasty fine print. Yeah, I wish I could charge people just for sending me an email. Eventually, that company backed down after a letter from Public Citizen and Scott Michaelman. But, but we don't know how many other people got that letter. Right. That, that's the point exactly, is that the company knows that if they send out these threats, the net result is fewer bad reviews. Another technique uses copyright law. Which is? I'll let Kurt Upsell explain it. He's an attorney at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. He keeps an eye on cases where companies are trying to infringe on free speech online. People have been working on ways to uh, use the law to stifle speech for a long time. And one of the uh, pioneers was a company called Medical Justice. This is a company that doctors can hire to help them avoid legal risks. They're not doctors, but they set up systems for doctors. So like document trails that would help them win potentially against a bogus malpractice suit, something like that. Basically. And here, by adding a copyright clause to what the patient has to sign when they go in to get care from a doctor, then they can actually stop bad online comments through the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. The patient would assign the copyrights in a future review that they might write after being at the doctor's office. And if the doctor didn't like how that review went, they could take it down using the Copyright Act. So the doctor basically owns the copyright to any comments. About him and his visit, yeah, and got to decide if it stayed up. That's according to the theory from medical justice anyway, the case is pending in court. So what about the little guy? How can customers fight back? Right, which brings us back to the Palmers. You know, they did triumph in the end. John's credit has now been cleared. We can move on with our lives and try to make up for the last year. And for the Palmers, moving on with their lives means a pending court case that's still ongoing where they're asking for damages from Clear Gear to cover the costs of the whole saga, like the higher price of borrowing that they had to pay because John's credit got ruined. Okay, thanks, Alex. Now, if this whole story seems completely insane, if it seems just out of proportion for an online business to be so tenacious and to pitch such a fight over one bad review... Well, coming up, oh, poor customer, try, oh, poor small business. What a difference a few nasty comments on Yelp can make. What you're seeing is, you know, scores of people who who feel that they've been maligned unfairly and that there is really nothing they can do about it. What's a good, legitimate business to do? New Tech City is supported by Hover, helping you get the best domain names to represent you or your business. If you want to get your ideas on the internet, Hover will help you find the right domain name and include all the tools and support you need to manage it. For 10% off your first purchase, go to Hover.com and type in the promo code DIGITALCITY. LegalZoom. If you've been thinking about starting your own business, LegalZoom can help you do it. 
Learn more about DBAs, LLCs, incorporation, trademarks, and other ways to protect your business and assets at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom provides self-help services and can connect you with an attorney, but they're not a law firm. Enter technology in the referral box at checkout for a special discount for New Tech City listeners. Okay, it's Manoush here. This is New Tech City, and we're talking about the dangers of posting a negative review of a business online. And New Tech City producer Alex Goldmark is still with me. Hi again, Manoush. Okay, Alex, we just got to know the Palmers, and you have someone else to introduce us to. I do. It is a carpet cleaner who is becoming the flag bearer against bad and potentially bogus Yelp reviews. Small businesses can be ruined by defamation. Yelp, this is for you, Mom, is a website and app that lets customers rate cafes, restaurants, any local business that you might want to visit. Right. And Joe Hadid runs Joe Hadid Carpet Cleaning Business in Northern Virginia. He was hit with a series of negative reviews on Yelp that he says amount to ruining his reputation as a good carpet cleaner. The thing is, Hadid claims those comments were not from actual customers. For example, there was a negative review from New Jersey where we don't do business. We checked the reviews against our records, and we couldn't identify any real customers that matched the reviews. Business was suffering, he says. So he wanted Yelp to remove what he thinks are fake commenters. This is something that a lot of small businesses complain about. What you're seeing is, you know, scores of people who who feel that they've been maligned unfairly and that there is really nothing they can do about it. Rennie Delaney is the lawyer hired by Joe Hadid to sue Yelp to turn over the real names of those commenters. And that's so that Hadid can sue the commenters for defamation. What's at stake in this case in a larger picture is uh, two competing rights. And, uh, you know, one of the rights is the right to free speech and the right to speak anonymously. The other right is the right to protect your reputation. He says that one bad comment outweighs a whole stream of positive ones. And so sites like Yelp, they're a scary place with sharp trade-offs. Do you use Yelp, Alex? Not that much. Maybe if I'm traveling, actually, and I, and I don't want to use a chain store, I don't know how to tell the difference between local ones. But I don't really use it here in I use it a lot, actually. And if there is one or two bad comments, it will definitely steer me away. There's no doubt that, like, I don't know what the ratio is in my brain, but, like, one bad comment kind of equals 10 good ones, I would say. Yeah, and and that's what he says the clients who are now calling him up, asking him to sue Yelp, are are saying. And I just want to add that in some recent news reports about Yelp, there have been complaints from small businesses that claim Yelp filters good or bad reviews depending on whether or not you advertise with them. Now, Yelp denies giving anyone preferential treatment and points to a Harvard Business School study that could not find any evidence of that. So – That's been something that's been going on in the zeitgeist. Which is why small businesses feel like they are a little helpless and that Yelp is a double-edged sword that brings them business but can also take it away. Well, that is the great unknown, which is whether Yelp is performing a public service or whether it's the greatest device ever created for one business to slander another. Yelp's counsel told me that they do check for red flags of slander, like if one IP address posts many negative comments about one other business. 
And there are good reasons to let users comment anonymously. <laughs> yeah, like if you were rating your plastic surgeon or a divorce lawyer yeah. or other situations where someone might fear retribution, like a mechanic could put sugar in my gas tank or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. This is making it all the more terrifying <laughs> exactly. to comment on Yelp. But yes, a company spokesperson told me via email those reasons are why they refused to turn over the names of a, of a commenter. But they also said in the Joe Hadid case that it has reason to believe that at least some of the contested commenters were real. So it shouldn't have to out them. Right. Hadid is saying that all it needs to do is make allegations that the anonymous criticisms were defamatory and it gets to find out who those people are. The problem with that is there's a First Amendment right to speak anonymously in this country. That's the lawyer for Yelp. Maybe you recognize his voice. My name is Scott Michaelman. I'm an attorney with Public Citizen, and I represent Yelp. Oh, my God. Scott Michaelman, Public Citizen, the lawyers for the right to comment. Same dude who represents the Palmers. Yeah, commenting a new, a new frontier in the civil rights fight. This man stands behind your right to say things in boxes online. And this time, it isn't just the right to say bad things. It's the right to say things anonymously. We have a First Amendment right to speak anonymously in this country. And that's very important because if you advocate an unpopular cause, if you are at risk of retaliation because of your speech, sometimes you want to share ideas with others and yet not reveal who you are. Okay, so let's just restate this. If it's too easy to out someone who writes a mean comment without signing their name, then real customers might stop writing honest reviews. And that makes it harder to pick where to shop. Okay. But if it's too hard for a business to find out who's writing false nasty reviews, then businesses will just have to suck it up and deal. And that's not fair either, right? Yeah, it's a tough question and a delicate balancing act. It's so tough that the Virginia Supreme Court is deciding whether it should weigh in on the Joe Hadid case against Yelp right now. And that ruling could decide where to draw that line between free speech and protecting your reputation. And Yelp's lawyer, Scott Michaelman, he says there does have to be some way to unveil a defamer. It shouldn't be easy, but it shouldn't be impossible. The problem is when mere allegations are enough to unmask a person, then the right to anonymous speech online is undermined. Should a business owner have to prove an anonymous commenter is a fake or... Is it enough for him to just have a good faith reason? I think that's the legal wordage for it. He has to have some evidence and really believe it. Like that comment that came from a state where the business doesn't even clean carpets. What is so interesting about this, I think, is that even a mundane venue like the online comment section about a carpet cleaner can turn into the battleground for free speech. Come on, read me a story. It's time for our final puzzle about all this, Manoush. The Barbara Streisand effect. Oh, I love it already. Yeah, it's fun. Listen. So the Streisand effect is a, is a term to refer to uh, how stories become more widely known because of controversies about squelching the speech. This is Kurt Upsall again from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So uh, in an early case, uh, Barbara Streisand tried to uh, get something uh, removed, uh, and the, the effect of filing a lawsuit over it made it much more widely known. A photographer took an aerial photo of her beachfront mansion about 10 years ago. It was part of a project to document erosion on California beaches. And he didn't take the picture because it was Barbara Streisand's house. He just – there happened to be erosion there. And looking at the picture – 
I have to say it does look like her pool is about to fall into the sea. Yeah, it's just one of 12,000 similar photos all up and down the coast. And before the lawsuit, that one picture of her house had been downloaded less than 10 times. After the lawsuit, it was downloaded almost half a million times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is one of the dangers that uh, are, is faced by a, a company that wants to get rid of a negative review is the, the act of trying to get rid of it may ultimately bring more attention to their practices. Wikipedia has a list of about 20 prominent examples of the Barbra Streisand effect. It's like a hall of fame of PR missteps. <laughs> I mean, I had never heard of ClearGear.com before, but now I have. And all I know about it is that they didn't ship a smiley face keychain to Jen Palmer for Christmas. Yeah, and, and who knows, right? That us saying their name on the radio might give them some business because some listeners will go and check out their site for the first time. But let's take Joe Hadid carpet cleaning or any small business like him. It's a better case, right? He advertises around Northern Virginia. He's known in the area. By people with those fancy carpets. <laughs> His slogan is, If you stand on it, we stand behind it. Oh, that's good. I know. It's catchy, right? And that's a slogan that he pays to advertise, like on local radio. He's working hard and he's paying up so that people with dirty carpets think about that slogan when they hear the words Joe Hadid. I just need Hadid. Hadid Carpet is the one to trust with the expert cleaning and restoration of your treasured oriental rugs and for superior wall-to-wall steam cleaning. So I feel for a business owner who's investing in their reputation and in their branding, and then they get hit with a bogus comment. And it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sit there and take it or take them to court and suffer the Streisand effect the way we were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, I just wanted to do that. Well, back to free speech. <laughs> just regular talking, not singing, right? Okay. This this has me thinking that it would be nice if the rights that we value all played nice with each other. If free speech didn't butt heads with the right to protect your reputation. But that's not how it works. And in this web-based economy where a few bad reviews can sink a company – it's pretty likely that we're going to be seeing more lawsuits like Hadid's against Yelp and Clear Gears against the Palmers even because court is how we figure out where to draw the line. On. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part about all this. I mean, to me, Alex, the lesson here is if you need a smiley face keychain, get out of your chair, walk down the street to the dollar store and pay for it and leave no digital trail. Buy your smiley face keychain anonymously. But we're going to be buying things online. So I want to ask you, if you mm-hmm. had a company come after you, right, and say, I don't like this comment you left, mm-hmm. would you back down or do you take a stand for commenters? That's the question that I think mm-hmm. we're going to have to face, right? I, I don't want people to hear these stories and then not comment and just give it up because we are moving to a platform for buying and selling where reputation matters a lot and comments are the core of all of that. I mean, I'm very guilty, though. I will say I'm very guilty of reading and relying on comments and not doing my fair share of writing enough of them. And, you know, it's something I've sort of realized. Like, I I get that, you know, I order shoes from Zappos. How did you like your order? And I help other customers make better choices, it says in the email. And I delete it and I don't fill it out. And now, you know, there's more reason not to, right? Interesting idea that there's a comment freeloader problem. Um, I would say that that people should still comment online, good or bad, and not be afraid to leave bad comments because if everybody just leaves good comments, then... No, absolutely. You're right. Then it does nothing for us. But what can the court possibly do? The court can say, 
there is a balance between how hard it is to unmask somebody, an anonymous commenter, and find the right amount of evidence that a business has to show. So that's what they're going to decide. Do they have to turn over records, or do they have to just say they searched their own records? And I don't know what the right answer is there. It's one of those, we'll have to figure it out kinds of things, and this is part of what we're just watching as a society lurching It's amazing, isn't it? It's like an entirely new thing that we wouldn't have even been talking about five years ago is in the state Supreme Court. Yeah, and the law always adapts to technology, right? Like, there was no laws against driving while talking on your cell phone before there were cell phones. As technology creates new problems, we get new laws. Yeah, but they usually come too late. Too late for the Palmers, anyway. Right. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Manoush. Okay, so next week, the flip side of this dilemma... When the companies rate us, the customers, or in this case, me specifically, and I get a bad rating, and I don't know why, and I take some people to task. So that's going to be next week. For this week, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on iTunes or anywhere else, come on, go ahead and rate us despite what you just heard. This is New Tech City. Goodbye. People, Alex. Nothing but people.